Let us open the worship of God this morning by turning to Psalm 58. Psalm 58. We have a theme before us today that is difficult to preach and difficult to hear because there is nothing outside this room to remind us of these things. We must, by faith, embrace the Word of God and accept it as true about these things that creation doesn't tell us, providence doesn't really tell us, conscience doesn't really tell us, that this world is going to be destroyed and soon. When we go outside, you're healthy, you have all the pleasures and comforts and ease and protection and peace that America grants, the sun is up, it's a beautiful day. There is nothing out there to indicate. There is no hint outside this room of what is coming. But we have to embrace it because of God's word and by God's word. He has shown us things before they come to pass. He has shown us the future. To even preach the subject is entirely out of vogue in America but we've got to preach it anyway because we're going to preach the whole counsel of God. And when we look at Psalm 58, it's one of the imprecatory psalms, meaning a prayer for God's judgment on men. And the imprecatory psalms are despised and hated by most Christians today and certainly by the world because they're too harsh, too cruel, and God isn't like that because they have invented a God according to their own imagination, and they don't want the God of the Bible. So I share with you this morning Psalm 58 as David prays against the wicked. Psalm 58. Do ye indeed speak righteousness, O congregation? Do ye judge uprightly, O ye sons of men? Yea, in heart ye work wickedness. Ye weigh the violence of your hands in the earth. The wicked are estranged from the womb. They go astray as soon as they be born, speaking lies. Their poison is like the poison of a serpent. They are like the deaf adder that stoppeth her ear, which will not hearken to the voice of charmers, charming never so wisely. Break their teeth, O God. In their mouth, break out the great teeth of the young lions, O Lord. Let them melt away as waters which run continually. When he bendeth his bow to shoot his arrows, let them be as cut in pieces. As a snail which melteth, let every one of them pass away. Like the untimely birth of a woman, that they may not see the sun. Before your pots can feel the thorns, he shall take them away as with a whirlwind, both living and in his wrath. The righteous shall rejoice when he seeth the vengeance. He shall wash his feet in the blood of the wicked, so that a man shall say, Verily, there is a reward for the righteous. Verily, he is a God that judgeth in the earth. Amen and amen. This simple little psalm of 11 verses can be divided into three quick sections. The first five verses are a description of the character of the wicked. 
Verses 6 through 8 is David's prayer for God's judgment against them. And verses 9 through 11 describe his vengeance against them and the proper response of the righteous. And that's to rejoice at God's vengeance on wicked men. And therefore we come to a conclusion that verily there is a God that rewards the righteous and there's a God that rewards the wicked. And so we want to be the righteous and we want to stir each each other up that way today. In verse 1, those are mocking rhetorical questions. Do ye indeed speak righteousness, O congregation? The world around us wants us to be impressed by their integrity and their righteousness and their sense of fairness. Whether they're Christian or not Christian, they want us to be impressed by their fair dealings and their fair opinions of things. We mock them with these kind of questions. We go to verse 2. Your hearts are corrupt. In your hearts, which you have set against God, you are doing things of, of blasphemy and rebellion against the God of the Bible. Verse 3, their whole lives are wicked. As soon as they're born, as soon as they're out of the womb, they go astray. They're liars. They do not love the truth that God has revealed. And remember, God has revealed so much truth to all men. Let me say it again. Creation, providence, conscience, scripture. He has revealed so much truth to all men. Just the first level of truth being revealed, creation, the Bible says they are without excuse because it is preached in every language, in every dialect, day and night, according to Psalm 19 and Romans 1.20. Their whole lives are evil. Verse 4, they are as dangerous as snakes. No one has ever thought of a snake as being a gentle, kind creature. They're a vile creature, a dangerous creature, and their poison is like the poison of a snake or serpent that stops up her ears, will not listen, no matter how much you try to charm them. No matter how many, how many efforts were made by those martyrs to be kind, to be gentle, right. to sing praise, to ask God to forgive their tormentors, the tormentors had no problem tearing them to shreds and burning them in times past. And so we have this description of the wicked. There's no way to calm or soften them. Because look at, look at God's softening effort today. It's hardening them in thinking that there is no God of judgment because of that beautiful sunshine outside these walls. Verses 6 through 8 is the prayer of the sweet psalmist of Israel. David is called by God the sweet psalmist. Here's how a sweet Christian talks. Break their teeth, O God, in their mouth. Bust them in the chops. Heavenly Father, these liars. And David here is in a situation with Saul, his own people, and the nation that was following Saul, chasing David around. If you look at the heading of this psalm and the previous psalm and the previous psalm to that, you will see that they are all similar in that David is being chased by King Saul, and this is what he thinks of them. Break their teeth, O God, these liars that are out gnashing against me and want to destroy me. David served Saul faithfully better than any man Saul ever had. 
just by having David in your court, you would have had God's presence in his kingdom. This is an enemy of God because Saul was an enemy of God. That is why David got the throne and it's David's family that got the legacy and his son on the throne of heaven today. Verse 7 says, Let them melt away as waters which run continually. Waters that just run away, let them be like that. When he bends his bow to shoot, let his arrow be cut in pieces. What happens to an arrow when you put the pressure of a bowstring on it that's already been cut in pieces? It just falls apart under the pressure of the drawstring. Verse 8, as a snail which melteth. If you've ever watched a snail go across the sidewalk, it leaves part of it as it moves. And so let the sun beat down on them until they are nothing but a snail's shell at the end by having lost all the moisture and content of the shell. As a snail which melteth, let every one of them pass away like a miscarriage that they may not see the sun. Let them never have conscious sight to see the sun. Let them pass away like a miscarriage. This is David's prayer against God's enemies who were also his enemies in these three verses, six through eight. And then here comes the vengeance. Before your pots can feel the thorns. When you were warming up a pot to get a fire going, you put thorns on it, which would catch fire very quickly. They weren't very hot, but they would leap into a blaze as opposed to a hardwood log. A hardwood log needs a lot of help to get burning, but not thorns. As soon, thorns will just burst into flames very quickly with a small amount of heat. As, and that is a description of quickness. Before your pots can feel the thorns, before that quick event can take place, he shall take them away as with a whirlwind. He will come with a hurricane, a tempest, a tornado, and take them away, both living and in his wrath. He will take them away living so that they are conscious of the judgment that's coming upon them, like Pharaoh was in the midst of the Red Sea. Pharaoh in the midst of the Red Sea was alive. He was conscious of what was happening to him, and God did it in his wrath, meaning there is no mercy. Because when a man is angry enough, there is no mercy. The anger overwhelms his mercy. And God has anger against the wicked that will overwhelm his mercy. And so that is what is meant in verse 9. Verse 10, the righteous shall rejoice when he seeth the vengeance. Miriam, a woman, Moses' sister, danced on the shore of the Red Sea at the waterlogged bodies of the Egyptians that had tormented them for 215 years. They rejoiced. She took up a timbrel. She danced. Moses wrote a song. This is the righteous. When we meet them in our day-to-day business, we are kind to them like the good Samaritan. But this is coming from the Lord. And we will rejoice in that day, just like David was going to rejoice in God's judgment. He shall wash his feet in the blood of the wicked. You say, I don't like this psalm. It's too hard. It's too cruel. It's too harsh. Then humble yourself for your ignorance. Humble yourself for your blasphemy. This is the God of the Bible. Love him. Embrace him. Tremble before him. Repent before him. Right. 
is what the message is for us today. Verse 11, so that a man shall say, verily, of a truth, indeed, truly, there is a reward for the righteous. There'll be a great reversal of fortune coming very soon. And we'll be on the right side of that. And our angle on everything that I'm going to present to you today is different from the world's angle. But we are only going to be in the sight of the righteous if we're living righteous lives. Not because you attend this church. Not because you have believing parents. Not because you have a Bible in your home. Not because you're warming that foam rubber that you're sitting on. We have to live righteous lives by repenting of our sins and calling upon this great God. And he'll walk with us, keep us, and we shall rejoice in that day. There is a God that judgeth in the earth, and we shall see God's judgment. We've already seen Stephen Hawking taken out of the way, and all those that are left behind him. The Lord will have his day of wrath, and wrath is coming. And no one wants to preach about wrath. No one wants to preach about fire. No one wants to preach about the flood. But we must preach all three things and everything else that the Lord has laid on my heart and soul for you today. We shall see the great interposition of the Lord Jesus Christ before this day is over. He stands between us and the fiery judgment and vengeance of God. And it's only by seeing the judgment that you truly appreciate the Savior. You must know the calamity that will fall upon sinners without Jesus to appreciate what he's done for us. And then you need to see what he has for us instead of the lake of fire. The difference between the righteous and the wicked is profoundly impossible to measure. We can only read it and think that we have a picture of the difference between the righteous and the wicked. But Psalm 58 and verse 11 will be most perfectly fulfilled in a day that is rapidly approaching. May the Lord bless his word to your souls. Let us pray. Heavenly Father, blessed God, we thank thee for this psalm. We thank thee for this psalm. In its context, it is not inferior to John 3.16, understood in its context. We thank thee, Holy Father, that thou hast loved us with an everlasting love and hast written our names in the book of life before the world began. The second death has no threat nor power over us. But Lord, Bless us by your spirit and by your word today with conviction that we will make our calling and election sure, that we will prove that we are thine elect, that we will prove that Jesus Christ is our mediator between thee and us. We thank thee for him. We thank thee for the Lord Jesus Christ who drank the cup of your wrath that we were due to drink the poisonous wrath of the holy God we should have drank. But Lord, he drank it for us, and he drank even the dregs of it, that there would be none left for us to drink. Yeah. Oh Lord, whenever you touch our lives, whenever you bring a negative event into our lives, it is nothing but a loving caress. It is nothing but a kind, gentle spanking 
to get us back in the way of righteousness, that we would be walking more closely to thee and enjoying your best for our lives. But, oh, Lord, we see in your word that you have terrible things in store for the wicked, and let us see them clearly today. And let every person here present or that will hear this later be convicted and humbled and repent of their folly and rebellion and turn to thee in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ and call upon him for mercy, O Lord, and tear the things out of their lives that should be torn out, lest they be of the character of those in the first five verses of this psalm. Heavenly Father, help us today. Outside this room, there is nothing to remind us of your coming judgment on this earth, your coming judgment on the entire universe, your judgment of fiery wrath, vengeance, and indignation that is burning and is ready to burst forth on this planet and burn up ungodly and wicked men that know not thee and obey not the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ. We thank thee that we are in the armies of heaven and we are part of the redeemed family of God. We thank thee for saving us. We deserve that wrath ourselves. We find no fault in it, O Lord, that you will judge the blasphemy and rebellion of this planet. But have mercy upon us today. Direct our minds and our hearts as they should be directed. Cause us to examine ourselves that we would walk more perfectly before thee and see the reward of the righteous as well as the reward of the wicked. Father in heaven, we pray for a blessing today. If you do not bless us, there will be a lot of words, a lot of time, a lot of slides, a lot of effort, and it will amount to nothing. But with thy blessing, you can take feeble efforts Faulty slides, poor logic, a hair-lipped speaker, and bless it to bear fruit by the power of your Holy Spirit and your precious word. Heavenly Father, we pray this blessing on every church of saints in the whole earth that you will bless their pastors, their preachers, and their ears to hear that there might be progress made and a deepening and a strengthening of the kingdom of God in the earth this day. Lord, speak the word, and it shall be done. Be with those that are not with us, and bring them back to us safely and soon. Father, we thank thee for America, but we acknowledge that America is incredibly wicked, and every day she is heaping up and treasuring up greater wrath. In the day of wrath, she shall be judged more than any nation on earth for the wickedness here against the greatest blessings you have ever given a nation. We thank thee that thou hast preserved this place because of the righteous in it for the years that you have. We have enjoyed great tranquility that we did not deserve. And, O Lord, preserve our nation for the sake of our children and our children's children until the day comes when the long suffering of God is over and the time of waiting is over and you must judge this world. Forgive us our sins. Cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Lead us 
this day, O Lord, by your spirit and word, that we shall find peace in the Lord Jesus Christ, that we shall find hope for tomorrow and hope for eternity because of him. We thank thee for the precious words you've given us. We thank you for this assembly. Now bless it that it will fulfill every purpose you ever intended for your people when they came together. In Jesus' name, amen.